let's just talk the obvious, okay? Uh, somebody shared with me, Pastor Jeff, your job is to be the master of the obvious. So here we go, master of the obvious. Uh, these last seven months have been tough, amen? <laughs> Huge toll, obviously, first and foremost with folks who uh, have uh, been dealing with sickness uh, and uh, large numbers, uh, especially those who are weak and vulnerable, uh, have even died. But I think maybe the missing piece sometimes is all the other parts that uh, have uh, been casualties as well. Uh, I, I can think of a half dozen restaurants that are closed for good, and you're thinking, wow, how do you, how do you compare uh, a burger with someone dying? C can I just tell you? Those are six businesses with jobs, with families, that have huge ramifications. Uh, there are several retail stores no longer employing people. They've went into insolvency. Uh, I've heard from many businessmen, uh, a couple of them either watching online right now or here today, they can't find help. <laughs> they, they can't find enough workers to actually do the job. Another piece is there are lots of marriages right now that aren't doing so well. Seven months of lockdown, uh, lots of emotion going in. They already were mediocre or on decline, and now they're in deep trouble. I know of some that are headed for divorce these last seven months. People who struggle with depression, it's off the charts right now. People with addictions, I'm just telling you, it's rampant right now. I, I'm aware of dozens of people who have fallen back into some entangling, besetting sin, and it's not looking good right now. I know of some who've even ended their lives this last seven months. It's, it's serious, deadly serious. Okay, Christian counselors in our area, maybe you don't know this, but the Christian counselors I'm aware of, uh, some of them are saying, I'm full, I'm maxed out, I can't take any more. You don't think about how this affects people. Uh, so what can we do in the church of Jesus Christ to help those who are discouraged and depressed and addicted and have some entangling, besetting sin that they can't get victory over? What's our role? What should we be doing for one another in the church family when marriages are rocky, when job situations are awful? How can we help one another in the family? God's Word tells us when someone in the family has a sick body, when someone in the church family has a sick marriage, when someone in the church family has a sick job situation, a sick besetting, entangling sin, a sickness of depression or fear, here's what God's Word says. You ready? Go to the church family and ask them to pray for you. That's what God's Word says, and that's what we're going to look at here this morning. Locate with me on your Bible app, on your phone, or right in your Bible. We're going to be in the book of James chapter 5 uh, this morning. 
We're going to start with verse 16 and read down through verse 18. And if you're able, would you stand with me? Let's read out loud and declare God's word together. Ready? Here we go. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Is prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and earth produced its crops, and that's not a part of the reading, but those are good verses, isn't it? Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's pray together. <laughs> oh, I love technology, Lord. Would you sing with me? We're going to sing today. We're going to sing our prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You can be seated. Question I want to begin with. Why aren't we already praying like this for one another? <laughs> why, why aren't we just naturally uh, good at praying for one another? Uh, why isn't that a strength already for us? And I would suggest probably isn't, Glenn. Five quick reasons. Here we go. Number one, we wait for uh, the opportunity to pray for each other till someone is diagnosed with something terminal or the divorce papers are already filed. In other words, we treat praying for one another like a fire alarm, okay? Once we see smoke and we see flame, then I'll pull the fire alarm. And we wait oftentimes till it's too late to start praying for each other, you know? Okay, once you crash and burn, then I'll pray for you. Second reason we don't pray much for one another is because I'm too busy. I'm too scheduled, I'm too distracted to notice the people around me 
who might really need me to pray for them. Just, just too busy. i got a lot going on. I don't have time. Third uh, reason we don't pray for one another is because it feels kind of awkward and strange. And, and I don't really feel comfortable praying out loud in front of other people, so I'm not going to do it because it's just too hard and, and I'm just not very good at it. Somebody's listening. Uh, fourth reason we don't pray much for one another is truly sometimes we deep down are not sure if it really works. The, the truth is, some of us, we're, we're saying, you know, I tried praying for this situation or this family member, and I didn't get the answers I wanted, so I, I don't think I'm going to do that again. Fifth reason why we don't pray for one another, it's humbling. It's humbling to have to ask for prayer. It's admitting I'm in need. It's admitting that there's something lacking within me that I need help with. And I'm not very good at admitting need. And on the other side of it, it's humbling to out loud pray for somebody. So on both sides, we're not very good at humbling ourselves and praying for one another until something awful happens. For some reason, when, when crash, burn, awful happens, suddenly we get over it and we're able to do it. But uh, until something awful happens, usually, no, no, I, I don't feel very comfortable praying for one another. James 5.16, look at it with me, would you? Uh, two words, two words there, powerful and effective, Okay. The prayer of a right, what, righteous person? I, I don't think I'm very righteous. Give me your eyes. Get in right relationship with Jesus. If there's sin, confess it. Run to the cross. Uh, agree it, it's sin. Call it what the Lord calls it. It's sin. Get in right relationship. Let, let the, the sin be dealt with. Now you're back in right relationship. Invite Jesus to sit on the throne now. James 5.16, look what it says. Prayer of someone in right relationship with Jesus. That person's prayer, two words, powerful and effective. The word powerful comes from the English word we get energy from, okay? That means situations that are hopeless and sad and awful, prayer injects them with the power of God Almighty. Did you catch that? So, so when we pray and we're in right relationship with Jesus, our prayers interject that situation with the power of God Almighty. That, that should excite you. Go, whoa, I, I didn't realize prayer actually did that. It says it's powerful. That's what the word means. It's powerful and what's the next word? It's, it's the idea of accomplishing much. Okay? If you're effective at doing something, you're able to accomplish something in, in, in a really strong way. Prayer that is effective injects God's plan and God's purpose into the situation. Okay? When, when we're praying effectively, suddenly God's plan, God's purpose is injected into the circumstance that you're facing. It's powerful when God's people pray. It's effective when we pray. Now, this is the key. Give me your eyes. Prayer is not powerful and effective because we're all that great at praying. Because here's the truth. Are you ready? 
It's puny, weak me and puny, weak you. Got it? So it's powerful and effective, not because of those who are praying. Prayer is powerful and effective because we're bringing the situation to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Got it? Prayer is powerful and effective because we're bringing this circumstance to the creator and the sustainer of the universe, King Jesus, right? And we're bringing this, prayer gets powerful and effective because of who we're praying to, who we're bringing whatever's on our heart to. That's why prayer is powerful. And it is not because of us, we run boldly to Jesus Christ Hebrews 4.16, and what does he say? I'll give you grace and mercy to help you in whatever the need is. Isn't that good stuff? Hebrews 4.16, write that down. That should be like one of your favorite verses in the whole wide world. Okay, Verse 16 says it well. Go back, James 5. We need to pray for one another so that we can be healed. So that we can be healed. How many of you right now have a situation in your life that's bigger and heavier and honestly more than you can handle by yourself. Can I see your hands? Bigger, okay? And, and those of you who don't have your hand up right now, we need you to be praying for us, okay? So, so you're either on one side of the equation or other. Either, either I got one of those and I need you to be praying for me or, Lord, I, I, need, I need my family to reach out and, and hold me up, okay? Okay. Uh, Situations we need to be praying for one another. Otherwise, otherwise we're all alone. Otherwise, we feel all alone. Even though you're surrounded by a church family, we're here for you. The truth is, sometimes you just don't feel it. Okay. Um, here, here's practical. You ready? If you're watching online, I'm gonna look in the camera right now. I looked it up. Hit the request prayer button right now if that's you. If you're holding your hand up and you're watching online, or if you're here in the auditorium, I want all of your heads to look over. Do you see the light over there right now? Go ahead, look. You're allowed. Look back. Okay? Glenn, that'd be a tough look for you right now. You'd be like an owl. Uh, but, but back there, we have a whole team of people who they would count it a pleasure to pray with you. Online, we have hosts. We actually have an online pastor who will pray with you as well, okay? Um, Ephesians chapter 6, you can turn there if you want with me because I'm going to talk a little bit about what's going on there. Um, that's at the end of the armor of God section, okay? Uh, the gifted, bold, courageous, powerful Paul writes these words, Ephesians six nineteen. He says, oh, by the way, church at Ephesus, pray for me that whenever I speak, words may be given so that I'll be fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. You know what he's saying? Oh, by the way, I, I'm imprisoned right now as I write this letter, okay? So I'm still an ambassador even though I'm in chains. Pray that I might declare the gospel fearlessly as I should. I like the fact that Paul's wise enough. Paul is humble enough to realize he needs prayer from the church family. Church at Ephesus, <laughs> I need you. Please pray for me. Um, and if you go to Romans 15, verses 30 to 32, Paul asked the church at Rome, pray for me. 
Pray, I, I need you to be praying. Pray that I'll be kept safe. Pray that I can come to you soon. 1 Thessalonians 5.25, simple, honest request. Pray for me. 2 Thessalonians, church at Thessalonica, pray for us. Pray for protection. The gospel might be delivered. Here's my point. If the Apostle Paul recognized how much he needed other people to pray for him, you and I should recognize how much we need others in the family to be praying for us. You understand? If Paul, who, who I would argue was more gifted and, and, and had more talent and, and was chosen by God as his apostle, if he realized how much he needed others, people to be praying, wow, even more so? A weak and puny us, we need other people. Please pray for me. One of the greatest gifts we can give someone has nothing to do with presents or money or stuff. Perhaps the best gift you can give somebody is just to pray for them. And I would argue, don't just pray in your head, oh Lord, please bless Myron. Amen. No, go over to him and pray for him and pray with him on a, and do that on a... That's powerful. That's powerful, okay? So, that's the what to do. Let's pray for one another. And now we can just go right home, right? We're done? <laughs> Prayer is powerful. It's effective. It works. We're running to the throne room of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Uh, we have not. Why? Because we're not asking, okay? It's a priceless gift to give someone you care about. And again, if the Apostle Paul uh, realized how much he needed prayer, it's, it's likely we need it even more so, or at least as much. But we're going to spend the rest of our time, that's the what to do. We're going we're to look at the rest of our time today talking about the how. Okay? Sometimes that's, that's the... Uh, question that we don't answer well enough. I, I would argue preachers, we're not always so good at the how. How can I begin to pray for one another? What does that look like? How, how can I practically um, start praying for the people around me? I'm going to give you four suggestions, four helps, four hows. Ready? Here we go. Uh, the first is this. If somebody asks you to pray for them, pray for them right then on the spot. Because, here's what I've discovered, my forgetter is better than my rememberer. Anybody else have that problem? Uh, and if you say, oh yeah, I'll pray for you, and then you go away and you forget, you're not just a forgetter, you're a liar, okay? And I don't know about you, but if I tell somebody I'm going to do something, I want to be a man of my word, so I've discovered the best way not to forget is just to do it right then. So my practice is if you ask me to pray for you, let's do it right now. Let's just do it. Um, and, and here's what I've discovered. It, it's, it's a whole lot more impactful to pray with somebody now than two hours later when they're gone and you're by yourself to pray for them. I, I'm not saying you can't pray for them then as well, but... Pray for them. And if you're on the phone and somebody brings up a tough, painful situation, here's a great question. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you about that? 
almost always, I can only think of a few people who said, no, don't, don't pray for me. Most people like it when you pray for them, okay? So I would encourage you, do it now. Do it now. And when you're on the phone, great opportunities. Again, ask them first before you start praying, can I pray for you? And uh, most of the time, they'll say, yeah, pray for me, please. Here's the second how about prayer for one another. The best way to pray is out loud. And I don't know about you, but for most of my life, prayer was a silent thing. It was just in my head. And I, and I, yeah, obviously as a preacher, you hear me on Sundays and I pray out loud. Uh, and, but I'm telling you, most prayer, it was quiet. It was just me and my thoughts. And here's the problem with my ADHD thoughts. Bing, 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 all over the place. Uh, and, and now I started off praying and now I'm thinking sports, I'm thinking food, I'm thinking everything but prayer. Oh yeah, now I'm back and I'm praying. Here's what I've discovered. Okay, this is for me, and I think it's for many of you. When you talk, you can only talk one thing at a time. So if you talk it, it's going to slow your brain down because you're going to have to say it. And here's what I've learned. When I say it out loud, the person that needs to hear it the most is I need to hear me praying, okay? And I think there's a second element here is I think the enemy and his demonic armies hear you praying and suddenly now they recognize you're serious. You're, you're not vulnerable. I, I, I've discovered they tend to back off when you're praying out loud. Some of you, I'm going to give you a little pro tip, okay? Some of you would say, you know, when I do this a lot when I'm in the car, okay? So if you see me in the car, you're thinking, he, he's, he's lost it. He, he's, uh, he, he's Looney Tunes right now. Um, so here's the pro tip. You ready? Um, put your ear uh, buds in, okay? And people will think you're talking on the phone. So there you go. If that's a concern, just put your ear buds in and they'll go, oh, he's talking on the phone. Nope. I'm praying. Uh, obviously, it doesn't matter that much to me because I don't have earbuds. Okay, there we go. Third, back in August, we were in the book of Daniel. Remember that? And we saw in Daniel 6 and verse 10 that Daniel, his regular practice, he didn't do this extra because now there's a law prohibiting prayer. His regular practice, how many times a day did Daniel get on his knees and pray? How many times? Three times a day. Morning, noon, and night. Okay? Uh, that was his regular practice. I want to encourage you. It's biblical, by the way. Psalm 55, 17. Lord, I cry out to you in the morning and at noon and at night, I think that's where Daniel got it from, okay? So l let me encourage you. You want to get better at prayer? You, you want to make this more of a reality? Um, then start getting on your knees and praying. And I'm going to encourage you to start once, once a day, okay? One time a day. Um, why, oh, why, PJ, would you get on your knees? Because 
Myron, here's what I've discovered. You know, when I'm on my knees, my body's yelling, what are you doing? <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> this isn't normal. And that's exactly the point. This isn't normal. I'm in the presence of my king. And it just, this is the position of humility, and it reminds me, oh yeah, you're the king, and I'm the servant. And suddenly now, it just changes your heart when you get on your knees. Now, some of you, and I won't ask you who you are. Some of you have been doing it once a day, okay? So here, here's my challenge. Would you consider upping your game and going to twice a day? You know, finding two times a day, get on your knees. Or if you're at two times a day, guess where I'm going, you know? You're going to follow Daniel's lead and get on your knees before the Lord three times a day. How is it that Daniel just didn't survive in Babylon? Actually, Daniel thrived. What was it that enabled Daniel to thrive under hostile, volatile, wicked, pagan kings? I think we just discovered his secret sauce, don't you? I'm convinced. What was the secret behind Daniel that allowed him to influence the world through these kings? He was on his knees three times a day crying out before the Lord. And I'm telling you, it'll make a difference in your life. It'll make a difference in your life. Fourth, this is aimed first and foremost at husbands. Some of you are thinking, oh, no, I knew I should have stayed home today. Uh, but I, I'd like to know, who am I talking to? How many of you, I got my hand, how many of you are husbands? Can I see your hands? Husbands, 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 okay. This is aimed at you, Okay. If I could give you something that if you would do it two minutes a day, it would practically divorce-proof your marriage, would you do it? Two minutes a day, I can, I can tell you statistically almost would fully divorce-proof your marriage. Would you do it two minutes a day? And I think the answer is, would you? I'll ask it. Men, those of you who just said, I'm a husband, would you do it if it was two minutes a day? Well, let me hear you. Okay. The Gallup organization, a, uh, a group called the uh, Center for Marriage and Family, both have done studies, and here's the conclusion. Husbands who will pray with their wives out loud once a day, almost fully divorce-proof their marriage. That's, that's like, wow. It was like they, they found one out of 15, 1,600 people divorced those that were praying together. It's actually much greater than 1% or less. Okay? Do you understand? So it, it's like off the charts. Are you kidding me? And I'm telling you, Husbands, this is the single best way I can think of to send a blast of love to your wife to daily begin praying for her out loud. Practically divorce-proof your marriage. Why are you talking about this? You ready? Give me your eyes. Because after seven months of craziness, a whole lot of marriages are frayed and torn and battered 
and they're still going south, okay? Praying together unites a couple spiritually. Think about it. You're coming together as husband and wife and inviting Jesus into your marriage and humbly asking Him for help. And you're just talking about whatever circumstances right now you're currently facing, okay? Some of you watching online right now, some of you who are here in the auditorium right now, you need to start praying with your wife out loud tonight or today. Find an opportunity that works for the both of you and, and you begin right now. Sadly, okay, here's the, the current stat, and, and I found one at 4% and one at 6%. But right now, on average, only 4 to 6% of Christian couples do what I just talked about. 4 to 6% actually daily pray out loud together. There is an epidemic of couples who don't like each other right now, okay? And I ask men this a lot. Does your wife love you? Oh, yeah, she loves me. She's stuck. Good. Does your wife like you? Uh, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> See the problem? Does your wife love you? Yeah, yeah, we're stuck. We're not going anywhere. But I really don't like you. I, I'm miserable. I don't want to be with you. Give me your eyes. The single most important thing that can turn that around is what I'm talking about here right now. If you'll say, oh, man, Pastor Jeff, that scares me. Can I tell you, I was a lot of years a pastor before I finally tackled this one. A lot of years. But if you'll start before you go to bed or some other time that works good for you, maybe first thing in the morning, however it works best, grab her hand and start praying out loud, I'm telling you, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. Suddenly now it's going to go, and I'm telling you, because suddenly when you bring Jesus into your marriage, it changes things. It just it makes sense. Suddenly now you're talking and praying about what's going on together, okay? Um, am I saying that uh, you don't need a Christian counselor? No, probably you, some of you really do need a counselor to, to speak into your marriage. Uh, do I need a, a marriage enrichment seminar? Yeah, probably some of you could use that. Uh, could some of you use reading a great uh, book on marriage or listen to podcasts on marriage? Yeah, that probably would, uh, would be beneficial for many of you. I'm not saying you don't need those things. I'm just saying men, as leader of the team, and you're, you're the lead, okay, uh, take the bold step, start grabbing your wife's hand sometime, every day, and out loud. And it doesn't have to be fancy, let, let it be the first time, like 30 seconds, and women, can I, wives, can I just say, please don't laugh, don't make fun, don't, 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 this is vulnerable, I can't tell you how vulnerable you as a man we feel when we, if, I'm just saying, I'd rather take, some, some of you men would say, I, I'd rather take a punch in the nose than do this, okay, okay, uh, would you rather take a broken family? It's that serious. 
grab the hand, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to say the praying for one another shouldn't stop with husband and wives. We should be praying out loud for our children. Can I get an amen? Now, for some reason, for most of us, it's easier to pray out loud for your children than to pray out loud with your spouse. And it's even easier to pray out loud with your grandkids. Why? Because I think you got used to it with your kids. It's fun, okay? <clears throat> Some of you are single. What about me? Here's what I'd say. Lord, bring someone into my life that I can start daily praying with, praying for. Bring somebody. And I think the Lord is saying, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> And I think in due time, he'll bring you just that right person. He will. This is huge. Um, be known as the person at work who prays. And I, I was known for a long time, worked at an auto center, the most foul-mouthed mechanics I worked with. It's like they, they took profanity to a new level. I mean, they were professionals at it, okay? When their teen, when Alex's teen was arrested, guess who he came running to and asked for me to pray for? First thing, as soon as he saw me, first thing, hey, preacher, will you pray for my son? Uh, another guy was, was diagnosed, uh, Mike, with cancer. Guess what? Th this guy who had nothing good to say about Jesus suddenly crashed and burned he was over there. Would you pray for me right now? I'm just telling you, be known as the person at work who prays. <laughs> You'll have great opportunities. Okay? Why are we doing this? Because prayer is powerful. Prayer is effective. It changes stuff. Prayer makes a difference. Not because we're powerful, not because we make stuff happen, it's the one who we're praying to, right? It's who we're talking to. King Jesus, the Alpha, the Omega, began the universe, holds it together. Revelation 21 and 22, he's going to remake it and make it new. That's why prayer is so powerful. That's why it makes things happen. It's because of who we're talking to. It's the best present you can give someone that you love. These last seven months have caused a lot of damage in this world. Healing comes. Healing comes when we're praying for one another. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of prayer. And it is a gift. You're available 24 hours a day. You never take a coffee break seven days a week. You never close on holidays. Matter of fact, you've encouraged us to run boldly and confidently to you whenever we have a need. Thanks for being there for us. And thank you, Lord, that you've given us family, a church family, that we can be there for one another as well. And some of you are here today and you're overwhelmed and you're burdened and you need someone to pray with you. 
to pray for you. Just want you to know the prayer corner is open right now. You don't have to wait another minute. You can get up right now and head there, and they'll be praying with and for you. You got a team ready. And if you're watching online, did you know we got a button right there on what, what you're watching, and somebody is ready to pray with you right now? Hit the button, and they'll pray with you and for you, whatever you're facing. So I have a couple challenges. Anyone ready to start getting on your knees? Start with once a day. Don't go to three times. Before you run 10 miles, just run the first mile for a while. Once a day, Lord, I'm going to make it my practice to humble myself, get into the position of humility. And Lord, I, I want to start recognizing with my posture, you're the king and I'm your servant. Maybe you're going to start praying out loud. Praying out loud as you pray and Lord, that's, that's my commitment here today. I, I want to start with my words crying out to you. It's powerful. It really is. Finally, I'd ask, are there any husbands who'd say, you know, pray for me, PJ. You know, pray that I might start praying daily with my spouse. I want to I see powerful things happen in my family, in my marriage. I want to see healing begin. Single best way I know of to see healing begin is to start praying every day out loud with your bride. Parents, <laughs> maybe you haven't been in the habit of praying out loud with your children. How about that starts right now? And again, those of you that are single, Lord, show me somebody that I can pray daily with who will pray daily for me. I need that. I need that. Lord, your, your word is clear. We're called, we're commanded to pray for one another. Help us to live that out. Help us, Lord, to not just be hearers of your word. Lord, give us the strength and the courage to be doers of your word. It's in the name of your Son, our Savior and King Jesus.